Today's episode of Office Hours is sponsored by Living Wonder. If you want younger looking skin, faster growing hair and nails, and joints that creak less in the morning, it might be time to try collagen supplements. My favorite is Collagen Boost Plus from Living Wonder. I take it every day and I love it and I hope you will too. Everyday style listeners can take 15% off of their purchase by going to mylivingwonder.com slash style and using code STYLE15. As always, you can visit our show notes on our website for the link. Welcome back to Office Hours, the weekly show of the Everyday Style School podcast, where we answer just one question submitted by you, you lovely ladies, to help make style easier and getting dressed more fun. We've got another great question this week, one that I know a lot of you wonder about, and it comes from Heather, who wrote... Hi, Jen. I love your podcast. I've learned so much and I find myself saying Jennifer says when talking to my friends about style. I do have a question though, and it's about vanity sizing. Why do some stores do this? It's hard enough to find clothes without sizes constantly changing. I just want to know what size I am. Can you recommend stores that don't do vanity sizing? Well, Heather, first of all, thank you for your kind words. I hope your friends are as excited to hear from me as you are. Uh, But let's talk about vanity sizing and see if we can clear up some of the confusion about what it is, why it is, and how to avoid it. Now, if you're listening and you don't know what vanity sizing is, let's cover that first. Vanity sizing can actually mean a couple of different things. The first is that the garment is labeled smaller than the measurements on the size chart would indicate. A good example of this is jeans. According to the Levi's size chart, which I will link to in the show notes, a size 12 is also labeled a 31. I know you see this when you go to like loft, you see 10, 30, 12, 31. Now, all of us would take that 31 to mean that the waist measurement is a 31 inch waist measurement, right? Wrong. Levi's size 31s actually measure 32.75 inches according to the size chart. So the size chart says that's going to be 32.75, but the garment is labeled a 31. So you have that discrepancy there. This makes retailer size charts totally useless and can make shopping, especially online shopping, more frustrating because you just don't know what you're going to get. You can't look at the size chart, measure yourself and say, okay, this is what I'm getting. Nope, can't do that. Now, the second definition of vanity sizing is that clothes are sized and labeled in a way that matches up, right? So 31 on the waistband, 31 on the size chart. But over time, those labels have changed. For example, I know you've seen this, but I am so over the body positive meme that says Marilyn Monroe was a size 16. Well, yeah, sure she was in the 1950s. Today, she'd probably be a size eight, maybe even a size six. Now, I'll never forget shopping with a client who loved Talbots. And this woman took really good care of her clothes and she'd had things a really long time. She had a bunch of Talbots pants and skirts that fit her perfectly. And she'd had them probably 15 years. They were all size 10s and 12s. But when we went shopping, She came home from Talbot's in size fours and sixes. Her body hadn't changed at all, but Talbot's sizing had over the course of a couple of decades. Now, this is actually called size inflation, but most people just in layman's terms call it vanity sizing. This change of sizes over time is what we think of as vanity sizing. So there are two different types of vanity sizing. And while there is a difference, I'm going to be talking about both today. Now let's talk about why stores do this. 
Vanity sizing in the literal sense of labeling garments different than the measurements indicate is simply to make you feel better. Women feel better when they can buy the smaller number. And we can do a whole show about this and why that is. And we kind of talked about it in the weight and wardrobe episode, but I'm not a psychologist. So today we're just going to leave it as we just feel better buying the smaller sizes. And while you might think, no, I love my body just as it is. I don't care about sizing. Awesome. I applaud you. That's fantastic. But if you were faced with two pairs of pants, both of which fit perfectly, one being labeled a size 31 and one being labeled a size 32.75, I would bet my favorite shoes that you would pick the 31 every single time. I know I would, and I'm not really that hung up on sizes or smallness, but it is just a part of us that we would always rather buy this, the smaller size. So that's why they do that to make us feel better. Now let's talk about size inflation, the second type of vanity sizing. This one also has to do with making you feel better, but it's a little bit different. I mean, do you think Marilyn Monroe would rather pick an 8 or a 16? Well, I'm guessing she'd rather have the 8. So there's that. But size inflation is actually a response to the fact that people are getting bigger. Size inflation is really a Western construct, specifically the United States, the United Kingdom, and to a lesser extent, Australia. As people got bigger, rather than creating additional sizes at the upper end of the spectrum that women weren't used to seeing, they simply shifted. So a 14 became a 12, a 12 became a 10, a 10 became an 8, and so on and so forth. But there is something else that's going on and I think it makes women feel like vanity sizing is a much more sinister practice than it really is. First of all, keep in mind, there is no standard size practice across all brands. I hear that all the time that you wish there were. Do you know they actually tried that and it didn't work? It failed miserably. Head to the show notes on our website for a really interesting article about it, why that is, and about how sizing has changed over time. It's totally worth the read, but we're not going to get into that today. But anyway, because there are no size standards, stores are free to label their sizes to represent the women they serve. Let's put this into context again with examples. Let's use two stores. We have Loft and we have Zara. Loft is an American company that serves American women. Zara is a European company that is designed for European women. If a woman with a 29-inch waist based solely on their size charts, not what actual garments would be, but solely on their size charts, went to Loft, Loft would say, well, you're a size eight, maybe a 10, and you're a medium. Now, if she went to Zara based on their size charts, Zara would say, you're a size 12 and a large. Now, does that mean that Loft, quote unquote, runs big or that Zara, quote unquote, runs small? No. What it means is that the woman with a 29-inch waist represents the middle range of the women that Loft caters to. And at Zara, she represents the larger end of the women that they design for. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It is not a judgment. It is just who they're designing for. So next time you say, oh, that store runs really big or runs really small, it, it might not. It just means that their customer base or their target customer is different than you are. Maybe they run a little bit bigger. Maybe they run a little bit smaller. This is why, by the way, you wear a medium in U.S. sizes and an extra, extra large in those Amazon items that come from China. In general, U.S. women are considerably bigger than the clothes that the women were designed for. That's all. I want you to keep this in mind. Forever 21's medium is going to look a whole lot different than a Chico's medium. 
Why? Because the medium woman shopping at Forever 21 has probably just gone through puberty And the medium woman shopping at Chico's has probably just gone through menopause. We're using the same sizing labels to describe two very different groups of women. So there is a part of that size inflation or vanity sizing that has nothing to do with even making you feel better. It's about looking at the group of women that that store or that brand wants to serve and deciding what is a small woman for us? What is an extra large woman for us? And it is not a judgment call to say from brand to brand, that woman is different. Size inflation often leaves women who wear small sizes at a bit of a loss. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard a woman say, I can't wear a double zero. That's ridiculous. But calm down. It really isn't. In 2014, J. Crew introduced a triple zero, but in 1995, a size two was the smallest size available. That would be like a triple zero now. In 1958, you know, the Marilyn Monroe era, a size eight was the smallest size available. There was no six or four or two. A size eight would be like our triple zero now. They just, they started as an eight. As size inflation happens, retailers decided that they're not going to add bigger numbers or letters for bigger bodies. So they had to add smaller numbers or letters. Now, will there ever be a quadruple zero? I I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Who cares? If that's the size that fits you, buy it. Again, it is not a societal statement that, you know, whatever. It's just how sizes are labeled. Buy what fits you. Okay. Which brings me to Heather's next point. I just want to know what size I am. Well, best of luck to you, Heather, and everyone else listening. It just doesn't work that way. I wish that women would look at sizes as a starting point with the understanding that there is variation from store to store, brand to brand, and even item to item within the same store or brand. It's like the video I just did showing off my Stitch Fix haul. And if you haven't seen it, it's linked in the show notes where I said... I'm a size 12 in loft jeans and a 32 in premium denim. I wear a large in knit tops and an extra large in wovens. Your size can be brand specific or item specific and still not be consistent. For example, when I buy knits like t-shirts, I always try a large first, but my closet has mediums, larges, and extra larges because of cut, fit, brand, style, fabric, and the fact that some items are just weird. Look at sizes as a starting point and be willing to adjust without making it mean something that it doesn't. Now, Heather's last question was, can you recommend stores that don't do vanity sizing? And frankly, no, I can't, unfortunately. I don't know which stores are doing true vanity sizing and the degree to which their brands are participating in size inflation. I have no idea how off a size a store size chart is versus the clothes that they actually sell. I wish I did. Now your best bet, if you want something that is labeled the size that it's supposed to be according to the size chart and hasn't changed much over time is to shop European brands. In the show notes, I've got a link to a bunch of European brands available in the U.S. The other thing to consider, though, is that high-end designer brands usually are truer to size and have less size inflation than their more budget-friendly counterparts. If you are really struggling to find things that are, quote-unquote, true to size, the higher end you go, the less of that there will be. 
So just to recap, vanity sizing is when the actual measurements of the garment don't match the size charts. Size inflation is the renumbering of sizes to accommodate bodies that have grown bigger over time without making customers buy bigger sizes. They're different, but they're both done to make you feel better. Sizes are inconsistent in part because brands are applying the same standard, small, medium, large, two, four, six, to different groups of people. Finally, give up the notion that sizing is or even should be consistent. It's a waste of your energy. It's not going to change. Instead, use the number or letter on the label as a starting point, but don't make it mean something it, it doesn't if you need to go up or down from there. Heather, this was a great question. Thank you so much for asking it. I would love to hear your thoughts if you're listening on vanity sizing on either Facebook or Instagram. You can find us on both by searching Everyday Style with Jen, or again, just head to our website for the links. If you've got a question you'd like me to cover in office hours, email it to podcast at youreverydaystyle.com. Head over to our website for all the links and resources from today's episode. You can find them at youreverydaystyle.com. Click on podcast, find the episode you're looking for. Once again, thank you to Living Wonder for sponsoring the show. Head to mylivingwonder.com forward slash style to take 15% off your purchase with code style. That's all for today. I'll see you next week. Until then, stay stylish. Class is dismissed for today, but the conversation doesn't have to end. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast for show notes, freebies, and links to connect with me on social media. And if the Everyday Style School podcast is making style easier and more fun for you, it would make my day if you would subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it with your friends so women everywhere can have more fun with style. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.